DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eighth-dimensional probes. Theorizing that the teachings of popular culture could save the world, Dr. Shang, but Gilberto stepped into the TV Ate My Dinner Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound, trapped in an imaginary non-space called the interwebs. His only guide on this journey was Greg, the gruff co-founder of the project, who appeared in the form of a voice Sean could only sometimes hear. While lost in non-space, they joined with other explorers who were adrift on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn and the mighty Mandrew. I am Bron, an artificial intelligence from the 8th dimension who has chosen to join their crusade, to combat the growing toxicity and negativity that threatened to corrode the very fabric of the internet. We've been running ever since, striving to point out what once went wrong, in movies and TV, on a never-ending struggle to subtly civilize the information age. In the continuing voyages of a make-believe space coaster that's inexplicably known as TV Ate My Dinner. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Andrew and Lynn. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi. I missed one episode. <laughs> like I no, but it felt weird though because it's like you. I mean, you had a, a a streak. I mean, you hadn't missed an episode in so long. I think I missed one other one like last year, but it's really been like the past three years. I've been you on every episode. You should have seen how horrible about. we were when you weren't here, Andrew. We were like. How do we start a conversation? We can't figure out how to do the Google Plus thing. We didn't even Where get know how to do the Google we thing. We couldn't do anything without you. Just, yeah. Like, oh, no. I know exactly. You keep, you keep introducing these new <laughs> concepts, and now we don't know how to do our own damn show. <laughs> that, that, see, that's why I'm making myself irreplaceable. It is that's true. the secret of any job. We don't want to run Andrew off, guys. We got. We don't get paid for this. So I don't know why I'm doing that, but we've got a dynamic. Well, since we last we talked, my country's had Andrew a built the damn and website. We have a new prime minister. Yay! Andrew <laughs> built our anyway. website and everything, so I, I wouldn't even know how to update. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, well, you might as well there's all these backdoor viruses built in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> just like the Jurassic Park. It's like just a little yeah. graphic. Uh, you go. Uh, 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 uh. Have to say the magic word. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Lost World tonight? We keep just the idea of having Wait, a. Did we just stumble on a topic? I don't. I, I don't want to just start off and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Oh, you, you can. Yeah, that, that's fine. We'll open and we'll see if 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 the warm up doesn't yield anything. Then we here, can I, I'll, I'll do something real quick. If you want to do free talk real quick, 
Um, okay. So I listened to the first half of the other one. And nobody likes that Fear the Walking Dead show. I kind of like it. Really? That's yeah. interesting to me. So I dislike it. I like the actors on it, and I just think it's kind of interesting. Well, it's, they're wasting Everybody good actors, though, because it's such bad writing and dumb characters. Yeah, I guess. I'm speaking about I mean, the pilot, though. I mean, if you've seen past it, you, you probably know more. I only watched the pilot. Yeah, I mean... But I just think it's, I don't know, maybe I've just put Walking Dead into this box where it's not like even the other version. It's not like Emmy material, but it's just like, oh, this is kind of fun. And like, I, it's more like you're watching it for the situation sometimes and some of the stuff. I don't know. I just, it seemed like it rug, rubbed everybody the wrong way. And I kind of like the setting. I just think some of the people. I didn't enjoy the setup. I, I liked the idea of getting a sort of second chance to do, you know, a zombie show. It makes you appreciate because The Walking Dead, the original show, for all its faults, does does have a pretty good pace. And you see things like Z Nation, which was this awful zombie show on Sci-Fi Channel, and stuff like that, and you realize that this isn't a guaranteed formula. It's easy to make a really crappy zombie show. And I, when I guess, too, maybe it's I, – I think it's this. I really think it's one of these things. I think it might be a problem of just expectation because saying we're going to re- – it's a problem of too many possibilities. So you say, we're just doing a zombie show and it can have anybody, any family, any whatever the situation is, whatever the setting, it just takes place in that universe. And then I think people might start going, thinking of a thousand different things, you know, what their coolest thing would be. And they're like, well, this is just a little slice of it. Or just expecting something interesting. There were so many cliches on that first episode. I was like, ugh. I, like, I, really I think it making this noise when I see people like, uh, this. <laughs> it does feel like it does feel like a stretching out though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. Come on, let's just go. Yeah, and, if the people are going to be this boring, then make with the zombies already. But I like that. I like the lead, the two leads, like Kim Dixon and whatever the guy, the guy's name. I like the people, and I, I don't. Like I mean, the actors. It's just such a waste yeah. to write them so poorly. That's why I like. Go ahead and shake it up. Have your apocalypse because they can be boring now. You're gonna rip the rug out from under them, and then they could be anybody again. You know, that's exciting. It, it, go ahead. And it is it. kind of funny. I mean, people's main criticism of the the main the main show is that like just go too slow. It's like, but we can go even slower, guys. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen nothing. That yet. Another show's gonna look like the running dead when we're done. <laughs> so I don't know. I just it's one of those things, it's not I probably don't care about missing it, but I was like, oh, I'll catch up. I just think I like the I, I think it's sort of interesting. I don't know. I didn't I just wasn't very negative on it. I was just kind of oh, it's fine. We'll see. I'm, Everybody I may just it. wait right. and Netflix it. It's like week for week maybe dragging it out too much, but I, could, I might actually enjoy binging it That's true. It might done. be a good binge. And I kind of feel like the real Walking Dead's like that too because I'm always unsatisfied. Like, but then when they come on, like I did that this summer. They did like a marathon one day, and it was just on AMC, and I have to be home doing other stuff and doing chores and watching those episodes again like five in a row. It's like this is really good. Some yeah. of these are really good quality. It's funny because it, it, it just eliminates expectation because you're just right, going to right. well, And in that case, you've already seen it. So, you know, you've already managed your expectation in that. But seeing it all kind of flow at the same time, you're like, well, this isn't as bad. I don't have all the speculation in between. You know, I'm just watching one after another. And because they don't end very climatically anyway, so they just flow right into them. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is just a big, long eight-hour kind of sort of B movie you know it's it's all right that's like it's not bad the daredevil thing those netflix series have it like why don't we'll just make it and we'll put the whole thing out <laughs> it's like that's just right puts the whole concept on its ear nobody's gonna wait a week to watch another episode we watched them all in a weekend 
like that's you inhale the, them and then because because then you don't realize sometimes it's hard to critically assess some of those things like a lot of people i don't know if you yeah, watch house cards so some, immersive. some people yeah some people didn't like the third season I'm like i liked it yeah, it was pretty good it's just because like you have no time to like well that third and fourth episode are bad i was like i don't remember what the third and fourth episode were at all because i just watched six of them yeah. at night <laughs> you got to roll straight on and that is true like you know if there's a couple episodes in the, in the row that aren't that they're like eh. But yeah, but in real terms, that was like two weeks to a month. The well, probably yeah. two weeks because they these run through; they don't do reruns. But two episodes yeah, in a row—that means you know, we had two well, weeks of anything, nothing. Yeah, and that's and that's really the thing. It's like I think all shows are probably better. I mean, I used to when I watched Lost before it got kind of crappy. It was fun to watch it like that and like chew on it for a week, you know, because weird stuff. Like, whoa, man! But. With these shows, that's why even Game of Thrones this year, I mean, and I bet in the past couple of years, but you go back and watch them through, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. It's not horrible. It's just because, especially us doing the show, too, you're like, well, that was nothing to really talk about. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's not enough of a bite, you know, of a bite of a sandwich or something. I need more. But, you know, four hours of it together is fine. I think Game of Thrones really would benefit from a binge because you do get disappointed when you have one of those episodes where kind of nothing happens. And then you, yeah, you because that's what you got to talk about for a week with your coworkers and stuff. Like, that was yeah, nothing really yeah, to talk about. There wasn't about, even anything going on. That was the same as the last episode. But if you were just rolling straight on to the next episode, you the pacing is so much different. It's interesting how that that's become. It, uh, maybe we're spoiled like that because we're so used to binge watching like DVD and Netflix and the, the streaming seasons. Like, we're, we're falling out of the ability to just digest something in little it it falls into what you were talking about sean with the the way shows have changed over the years from the single episode format where you just watch one episode a week and it's like all just all encompassed in the one episode where these days it's all about overarching storylines so every episode is like right well that's true too it's all serialized well that's what it's saying so maybe like because the showrunners are so that's the thing. Maybe it's also the way they're structuring shows now. It's like when you have a network show and you're like, well, we'll get you for 12 and we might pick up the next 12 and then we might get the next season maybe. You're going episode for episode, but when you say, hey, you got 15 episodes on, on cable, they're going to come out at once or they're just going to come out. They really do. It's like, oh, this whole episode. And, they, and they'll say that in the interviews. Even the Game of Thrones guys is like, well, the whole season's like this big story. It's like, okay, that's fine. But – like the first season didn't play out that way. Each episode was like this little mini short like movie. And when when they so when they maybe kind of are thinking about it more and more and more like that serialized thing but and less about what needs to happen per episode maybe they yeah, it starts to get I more mean, lackluster it's in the a middle balance a lot of times. you have to have. Like you can't just say well the whole thing's a story. It's like yeah, so's a novel, but if there's two chapters in a row that are boring, I may not keep reading it. You I, the individual Game of Thrones elements has more troubles than just this though. Game of Thrones the recent quiet season has more has as much to do with the fact that they're running out of books and they have to get certain storylines to certain places and they they rushed last season through a bunch of exciting stuff and then this season they sort of run out of it. No, I'm a little mad. There's I just finished reading book four and I'm like, you guys, you guys kind of glossed over some some usable material. A lot well, it's of very it's usable, feels like, very exciting at the end of this season, I think we all agree that this every, it's just not much going like, on. Well, but at the end of this season, everybody's in a really weird and different situation, you know, or that it's felt like they were just all this was is positioning and they're rushing to get people. And it's like, we can't even just jump to that. We need to at least get them going and moving. I guess. And that's all it was. But they're treading water so much. You guys only have so many seasons. So if you blow a season, just kind of trying to tread water until you can do what you want to do. That's a waste of a lot of story time. 
well, that's not what an adventure is like. I mean, the the reason why the season one was so cool is because like it was just like anything like The Hobbit. You know, The Hobbit doesn't go or, or Lord yeah, that, Rings, that, that comparison made all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like the Hobbit. <laughs> well, but no, but it's like okay, they don't go. We're gonna go to the Lonely Mountain, and then there's just like cut back to chapters of them walking. It's like no, they have little adventures. They run to the trolls, and they run to like you know that's what an adventure is. You have other adventures along the way, and that's what the first season was. It kind of dipped and dived and twisted, and you know he went to the Vale, and all these other things happened. And and this one is like no, they're just still traveling, sort of. I mean, there there were little bits of adventure, but it wasn't anything that didn't resolve towards keeping moving by the end of the episode. You know, it wasn't like twists and turns and it just, you knew what was going to happen. You knew freaking Brienne was going to be there. You know, Tyrion was going to find Daenerys. All that stuff was It starts making the world the small too. It's like we have to, we have to sit around these people even though they don't seem to have anything to do with the story. It makes the world seem small. Yeah. So I'm, maybe that's just indicative of like how people write shows now. Maybe they need the fear of God in them. You got one episode. If that's good, we'll get another one. Keep going. One episode. Make it maybe awesome. Fear might be a, a motivator because these guys are, you know, it's a hit, this show, and, and it's a it's a talking point. Even when people aren't talking very favorably about it, they're not going to get canceled. They're, they know they got like eight seasons in them, so they're not – thinking this season's really got to hit it out of the park like no no we just need to keep the ball in the air that's all we really have to do and didn't game of thrones do a thing where they shot the pilot and they got approved but then they reshot the pilot with a different catlin too like they recast her and reshot it again when they went to do the series i think oh i don't know i haven't heard that which is kind of smart because like maybe maybe it was before they did the series it's kind of smart if they reshot it when they did it so it's like they learned their lessons you know and now they have all the people and everybody's ready but how would you shoot the pilot for that though without the sets i mean don't have to build all those sets just to shoot because there's a lot of stuff in this for all the winterfell you have to build just for the pilot i would uh, you assume, can find a place yeah i don't know like you would think you know not all pilots are you know have no future you would think at that point there's some there's some faith that they're gonna like what they see because money goes into that well the pilot stuff is stupid too though i mean that's why it's interesting that like you just I mean, Netflix is handling it like a movie studio or somebody would. You know, they're like, go shoot a short. And then they don't do that. They just say, hey, these are talented people. Let's just yeah, that's good. get let's them to make this thing. And, and yeah, just HBO 12, yeah. showed a lot of faith in Game of Thrones. I think, I want to say, if I remember correctly, that they had renewed it for a second season before oh, the first yeah. episode even aired. It was like, oh, they there was that. so much they, positive buzz. They're like, well, we're definitely committed to this oh. series. What I heard is that, well, that's true. They liked it, but also the reason I heard that they had to do that to, to cover the cost of the sets. Like they had to like <laughs> at least make too. two because they're like, even if just average amount of people watches, like, I guess they have a metric for like, well, even just a normal show gets at least this amount of viewers that we need to at least cover two seasons to cover the cost of the production of the first season. Like all yeah. the, the initial costs. And they're not ratings based. So they're not like episode to episode looking at how many people <laughs> that's what, watch. That's, Nobody's going to stop getting HBO if they don't like Game of Thrones. They're like, well, we'll have to, you know, develop another show if this doesn't look like people are interested in it. But, you know, yeah, how, how do the metrics of a cable show? Like who's watching and how do, how do the uh, – I guess some, they, they must have like some how, way of seeing who's watching and the companies who are funding them will, like, not fund them if their shows don't get watched or something. I mean, how do you measure, like, if somebody signed up for the service because of that show? 
I heard like in an article they talked to Tina Fey and she had that Kimmy Schmidt show on Netflix and she was saying yeah it's doing really great and they're like what are the numbers like I don't know we have no idea they don't tell us <laughs> they just said it's doing great so I don't know I don't know what they or even HBO it's I mean I guess that's they just awesome say well, I, I guess they could I don't know how they make watches, those decisions but I think that's well, an maybe awesome during model that because ratings you know when you deal with ratings and advertisers that's not a very good metric anyway because especially now because you don't even know because there's on demand and there's there's Netflix and there's the DVD well, Netflix market. Is the they can they have the actual numbers of people watching. HBO doesn't because they're like, well, some people watch it on cable and you can't track that. You really, you know. Cable, but I think cable shows are a lot smarter than they used to be. Yeah, most traditional cable networks do sell advertising, but but ratings and advertising is not where the real success of the show is. is is represented i mean because those channels are like hbo they they want you to want that channel because of the kind of content that's on it so because you right. pay for cable is we're getting ripped off because we pay for cable and there's advertising so we're getting ripped off yeah that's like stupid hulu you pay for hulu plus and they still have advertisements in the thing it's like what the hell i was like what, are, <laughs> what am i paying content. you that's what it really is I don't. I don't mind that as much, except in the sense that I don't think you should be paying for that with cable. Although in in this market where Comcast is like, you're gonna have to pay extra for HD. It's like you guys don't even understand television <laughs> anymore. It's like well, non HD think... television is that's not even a thing people want to see now. And we're gonna go towards that model now. You've got bigger players like even that Apple TV is coming out because it's not as so revolutionary what they have as the, as the initial you know offering. It has the same apps as any other kind of yeah. I was TV disappointed device. because I was hoping, and they're trying. It's not them. Well, but I think yeah, I think but I think they're gonna start pushing because that. But what they said in that keynote, they said the future of television is apps, meaning that you have an app for AMC. You know, you have an app for HBO. And that's you know, great. You already have an the HBO problem one, is yeah. these. What you need to do and what they're trying to do is make this the platform that people have to put their stuff on because that's what everybody has. And I because think you got that, all I mean, these people I, that want to have their own streaming services. They don't want to make apps for Apple TV because they want to have their own, like Sling, you know, they made a deal with Sling and Sling's not right. going to have a plug-in on an Apple TV because Sling has its own hardware too. So they're not making it, but they're smart in the sense that they came up with this TV OS. Like right. we're trying to create a platform that is specifically for streaming television in order to get people to do it. Cause they already, that was their big selling point. They're like, this is already right. opened up for programmers. Now you can start doing stuff for this now because they need the content. Right. And I just think it's going to go towards that. Cause everything is, I mean, as, as, you know, like as the mass of media and the mass of content just grows, I mean, it's so kind of stressful for people like us. When you're a kid, you could watch everything in a year that was good. And now there's just shows I'm never going to watch that are great Emmy-winning shows, but I just I don't have yeah, time to watch them. Not you even hear about, about them. It's so funny for people to say, have you ever seen this show? It's like two years ago it was on. Like, I didn't even knew this was on. It's like, yeah, that's the world right. we live in now. And unless it, because there's always so much stuff to catch up to now, you know, we're getting to the point where there's never not a show that's on at least weekly that I want to check out. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, Walking Dead or something's on. I'm like, I'll check that out, whatever. But, but, it, but it's as you move towards that, what it does, it'll just move people more towards the niche, you know, where you have like things like now there's like a WWE just app where you just pay 10 bucks a month and just wrestling all the time. Or you play, you know, or there's HBO, there's Showtime has one now, or the Cinemax, or, I mean, that's the thing. Once you have other, I think that'll be somewhat of a tipping point. Maybe once you had the 
the base the cable ones like maybe like an amc you know or like a tnt tbs doing that mm -hmm. the same things like hey it's three bucks a month and you'll get this too you're like oh well what really? apple is trying to do with it with this technology and i hope it works is get these people away from the idea that you pay for you pay per show right like they're trying to get it so you pay per channel like you make an app that's your channel's app like you're not gonna have a walking dead app where people pay thirty dollars a month to watch a season of walking dead that is crazy but you can have an app where you offer amc shows just like hbo what what makes you better than hbo like that's the model everybody should follow i miss buying stuff physically I like buying CDs and things. All of this, everything's going digital. I'm like, I'm just having a CD, well, I so hope, I know that I have it. I hope Blu-rays don't go app. away. I hope the physical media doesn't that they, they don't disappear don't completely. But I, I like been, it. I get sick of these things where I have to buy them or hire them, and then they're gone. Like I can only buy them for a month or hire them for a month or whatever. And then it's like I still haven't got that. You still, it's still on the iTunes store or wherever it is, and I don't have it. I don't have a physical copy of it. I can't. I'm such a, I'm such an OCD like collector type that I like to have things. No, I, I can't, good. I can't sit there and look at that on my wall. It's just not good. I don't. Like well, that's that. true. There's like a weird thing. Like that's a, the, the dilemma of like a proud nerd. It's like, how do I display my things and they're all digital? Like yeah. I started doing that with like. Yeah. How do music? I define like, myself by what I like? Well, well, it's like I listen to Spotify all day. Now I got this idea. It's like I'm just gonna start getting albums and just frame them and then just put them on the walls. Like, no, these are my favorite yeah, for, albums. I don't listen. I listen to them on Spotify, but they're right there. So if you want to talk about them, if you come over, we'll talk about them. It is funny. But, it's an adult an, an analog sort of way of thinking because when we said we were gonna do, I'm old. You know, we said we were gonna do Hellraiser as a retrospective. I went out and bought all the Hellraiser movies on DVD. <laughs> and they're and all they're on all Netflix. streaming on Netflix. It's like not my I was Netflix. So happy, man. Not Netflix Australia. <laughs> I was oh, so no. happy though, because oh, like with the Nightmare on Elm Street, there's like one on Netflix or Halloween. There's one Netflix and there's one like on Amazon. And the other one had to get on iTunes and the other one I had to like watch legally on the internet. And the other one I had to do some <laughs> other way, like go rent a VHS from Goodwill or something. I'm like, what the hell? I had to pick, it's like a big, now there's like, oh my God, there's nine movies. I'm like, nice. Yeah. Hellraiser is the only time I've seen this. Like you have nine movies in a franchise and they are all streaming on Netflix. We better watch them. They'll just drop off. Like in October, I, I, this is what's leaving Netflix. All Hellraiser movies. Like ah. Well, well, but see, there is a thing about that. It's like I've never been a big digital like. Cause I'm like an Apple guy. I'm not like a super Apple fan, but I just appreciate their stuff. And I've never had an Apple TV. But when the <clears throat> Disney started doing that thing where they had like the Disney movies anywhere, which is kind of a neat program where they say, no, you don't have to buy it on Amazon. You don't have to buy it on Google or Apple. You just buy one version of of Frozen or Snow White. And it's everywhere on every device forever. That's what it is. Like it's the same digital copy and they made deals with Google and Apple and all those people. And so I was like, oh, cool. So like when I started getting movies yeah, for Alex, cool. I started buying them through there. And then it started getting me into like, cause I've always rented movies on iTunes just on my computer to watch or something. But then I started like <laughs> looking on iTunes like, oh crap, like a tree of life's five bucks. I'm gonna buy that. Or like, oh crap, Inception's five. Cause they have these sales where they have these $5 movies. I'm like, oh crap. And so now I have like 30 movies. So now I'm just waiting for that Apple TV to come out so I can actually watch them on my TV and not my computer. <laughs> Why haven't you got your computer linked up to your TV? Like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. I have too many other stuff. I have Xbox and all that junk. It's like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> I've done that before. I have done that. It's just. That's where I That's am now. That's the only way we watch. Like, I don't have any actual TV reception at my house. I, I know I sound like a backwards hayseed. That's not the norm in Australia, but my 
particular house that I'm in doesn't have TV reception. So I've just got it plugged into the computer and it's the only way we can watch stuff since my Blu-ray player broke. The last time I did do that is because I bought the um the, the the Star Wars, just the first three, on the disc because they're Disney movies now. It's funny. They're, they're in Disney movies anywhere too. and But it's funny because I can watch some of those movies through like I can go on the YouTube app on my Xbox and they go to purchases and they show up as purchases in YouTube. The things that I bought in iTunes, but they're all the Disney ones. But the only one that doesn't work is um, A New Hope because they don't have the deal. It's 20th Century Fox, whatever. So it's like you can watch Empire, you can watch Jedi, but you can't watch. So I had to hook up my laptop to my I computer. I also have a lot of trouble oh, well, too, if I buy things coming. online. Aren't Sometimes they, they don't coming? play here. If I, buy, if I buy DVDs or something from America, they don't play on my Blu-ray player because it's region encoded. So oh, they play on the yeah. computer. That's what's funny. Yeah, being I've, in Australia, I've, I've it's really, really difficult to get content from overseas. In some ways, we we've actually had inquests into how they put the pricing up for like two or three times for Australia, and they the Netflix not having all of the things and still charging the same price. That sort of business, it's really, really annoying. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with. We we are divided room for room because I have Apple TV in the bedroom, which is what I mostly watch. <laughs> and we have Comcast in the living room, non-HD, so I never watch that. And I got a Chromecast in the office, so when I'm dinking around the office, I can cast something to the TV there. Because I bought Chromecast and I got to use it for something. But the Chromecast it is really like handy it. for that. In the past, you said you watch your Apple TV all the time, mm-hmm. and then also you record this podcast in your bed. It sounds like you just get home and get in bed and start doing everything. <laughs> it's, it, it's a habit I have Sometimes. to watch out for because it is easy to do. It's like everything happens from right here. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that. why, that's why I need an office because at least – With a bed in it. With a bed in it. <laughs> You I have done that in the no, past. Though. Like sometimes you just get home from work and you're so tired, and you're just like, I'm just going to hop in bed and just watch a TV show, and then you're like, just bring some food to me. I'm you good have here. one of those like hospital tray things, <laughs> roll in. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even bother don't that. I'm just going to eat me. it on my lap. <laughs> that's funny. It is easy. It's a that's a habit that I have to break. But I don't hang out in the living room very much. I do like hanging out, which is funny because it means cable is like the last option. I think I watched the first episode of Colbert's Late Show because CBS, so it's not streaming anywhere I can get at it. But that's about <clears> the only time that I have watched something in there. Because well, it's, the I mean, it's the crappiest one we have. You know, it's. I, I also think about the stuff that, like, I mean, the just pound for pound what I watched the most of. Like, I mean, I might have the TV on. I kind of watch some stuff. But if I'm ever intentionally watching something, it's always streaming. And then also with, like, traditional TV, it's always in YouTube. Like, if Jimmy Fallon or something did somebody or did something, it's like, oh, I can just watch all the little skits on YouTube the next day. Like, I don't have to yeah. go watch that show, yeah, that episode. You, I can just I can watch, watch the, anything on YouTube. I can watch I can on just, my Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, I, I don't even bother downloading yeah, stuff anymore. I can watch the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching American Dancing with the Stars. YouTube is actually where you can't find it anywhere else. You just check YouTube. I was trying to find, like, MS3K had done a version of Space Mutiny, that, that sci-fi movie where they, they used the special <laughs> effects from Battlestar Galactica, and it had red, red brown. No, that's him, right? It's starring in it's like I want to watch their version of that movie like because I've seen MST3K do that and that's that's fun and I couldn't find it anywhere and finally I was just like well I'll just look for it on YouTube bam <laughs> that's where they all are 
and that's the thing too it's like youtube must be getting like just too unwieldy to handle just the content that gets pushed into it because i'm finding so many times when i'm looking just for a clip like oh was that quote from the movie that was that scene because you can find any scene from any movie you know but then you look for the movie it's like oh here's the full movie three different versions like really <laughs> it's like they have the full movie somebody just put it on I mean, here they take and stuff it's not down, getting taken down time, you like, can you can usually find it i mean ben watched an entire show of Broadway show of um, the musical Wicked and then he said the next day he went back to look for it and was taken down <laughs> but there's always oh, one yeah. well when I was looking at those Star Wars edit like the prequel I found like you know like people do like the prequel edits you know where they make the three movies yeah. like two mm-hmm. and a half hours or something they're just on YouTube I was like what <laughs> I was I like, okay. to see those. <laughs> so just there they're not amazing they're not the best quality but I mean they're good enough to check out what they did i tell you what i'm gonna get too is i'm gonna get an hd antenna i can watch cbs how i want supergirl with my hd antenna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> supergirl yeah what are the did you what are the um shows coming out did y'all talk about the shows the preview for the fall lineup no i'm last not, week i mean there's a couple things i'm excited about but for the most part it's just returning shows that i enjoyed i mean the DC has a couple in the in the Arrowverse. Well, the like, Arrow looks interesting. Arrowverse Again, is looking we'll see where interesting that goes. This Flash, season, will... isn't it? Flash is, I think, going to be awesome. Super. Yeah, I saw Multiple one clip of that little. I saw the trailer for Arrow where it's like shows him in the suburbs with her, <laughs> like the beginning of the show, and then they immediately they go back to wherever, and they have to go help Starling or whatever. So they're like, okay. But he has a now I got cut off sleeves. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lighter, friendlier <laughs> I'm arrow. I'm happy now. I think he's going to be Green cut-offs. Arrow this year. I think that's the yeah, thing. he is Green they're, Arrow. Yeah, that's he's the going to be Green Arrow instead of Arrow. They're finally trying to mold it into this this traditional comic book universe. I wish they do that because I like that guy. I like Stephen Mount. I think he can be funny. And I was like, just make him stop being so mopey. Just be you know, be quippy. And that's the idea so, is yeah. is to sort of get because now you have what's. You have what's her name? You have his sister and what's his old girlfriend? What's her name? Um, God, what's her name? <laughs> what's her name and what's her name? <laughs> We're just exactly. yeah. Who's it and what's it? Red Arrow they, and they're, Black Canary. They're always yeah. Black Canary. They're always so mopey anyway. I was like, yeah, let them be mopey or whatever. And then <laughs> and like her dad his and all stuff. That's what's funny. Whiny. You have this show of like you have like John Barrowman and these people that are so funny but they're so serious <laughs> on this show you're like oh my god I know I kind of wish you're like but you having... just know behind the scenes John Barrowman's just singing and dancing all the time yeah that's what I watch one of those Comic Con things with Stephen Mao he talks about that he's like yeah he's like that but literally after every take he's like <laughs> he's just doing the crazy <laughs> stuff oh my god maybe it'll I be think more fun guys, now that this he's is a reaction to the movies like that because you hear like Oh, it was a reaction to the Flash show, though I think too. The maybe. Flash has They're been like, so much oh, more fun, more than, fun than to the do. Yeah. Well, you, I, 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 that, why don't people see that and think, well, that's a way to go then? Because the the scariest thing is like you hear like the guy who's going to play Flash in the movie is describing the outfit as post-apocalyptic looking. You're like, what are you guys talking? I don't want to form a bad opinion prematurely, but what are you talking about? <laughs> What do you mean yeah. post-apocalyptic? You guys are so broody and grim and stupid looking in all these posters. I hope these movies aren't as bad. Zack Snyder talked about that in an interview I saw recently because Steven Spielberg had 
made some quote where he said these superhero movies are like a fad no, or whatever. That's dumb to say. They may not always yeah, be a, popular to the, the extent they are right now, but, but, now, but it's a but genre. Now it's so easy to make them. Yeah, but it's so easy to make them now. Like that's, that's why you can make them, you know, you can just do it. But he, um, but Zack Snyder talked about that, but he was, he was addressing how they're so moody because he says, he's like, I agree, but well, you know, there's a fad, but what we're making here is something more than a superhero. Oh, we're no, making this epic. And I was like, Oh no. He pisses me off so bad. Cause he was <laughs> saying like, that, yeah. that Ant-Man is like flavor of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that same. It was that same soundbite. You yeah. sound like everybody making a video game movie and says, "Yeah, well, the other video game movies suck, but this one's good." Because the 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 lady in in uh, Viola Davis in Suicide Squad, she said the same thing. It's like, "Yeah, but there's a real human element. This isn't your typical superhero." Shut up! It's a superhero <laughs> movie. Why are you trying and that's, to and apologize that's what, and, see, for making see, a superhero movie? But see, that's the problem, though. If they do like a Josh Whedon or James Gunn, where you say, "No, this," they talk about how much fun it is, and they, or they talk about how passionate they are and how interesting it is to the characters and all that stuff. But all that, the epicness, right? And then all the the human, the humanity of that stuff, the crying moments, of like Guardians and stuff. It just implicitly shows itself. You know, they're not like bombasting about it. It's like, oh my God, this is a heartbreaking movie. They never, that movie was never pitched as that. But when you watch it, it's the most heartfelt one of all of them. Because it's of any genuine. Of them. It's, yeah. It, you're they're like, trying oh, so hard to be serious. It's like, I'm not saying this can't work. I want to see Batman versus Superman and I want it to work. And I like Zack Snyder. I like what he did with Man of Steel. But you just feel like Warner Brothers thinks that that's what makes a good superhero movie. It's like they all have to be like Batman. Like that's all they understand because that that's been their primary source of income for superhero movies, and well, that's, that's why the they're scared of Batman's the TV so, stuff. Batman's so stuck up though. Like it's I was we were watching the Avengers last night. We we're just watching the second one. It's just come out on Blu-ray here, and we were just watching how um, <clears throat> they were discussing Veronica and Bruce Banner and Tony Stark are discussing the measures that they've taken to take down Bruce Banner if anything ever goes wrong and I was thinking about the whole Batman scenario where Batman always has a thing a backup plan if in case one of his allies goes rogue and I remember the one time when they all of these plans got activated everyone was mad at Batman because he had these secret plans and I was like that's the difference between Batman and Tony Stark Tony Stark when he makes a plan he actually gets Bruce Banner involved in the plan and they talk about it and they have this discussion and it's open and honest it's like hey you might go rogue one day how about we have a suit just in case that happens sure and everyone's on board Batman would have built Veronica in secret in his lab and never told anyone about it that's true. Yeah, there was actually a storyline, and they made it like an animated movie, but I think it came from from a, a comic story where he had done exactly that. Like Batman had like yeah, countermeasures for everybody to. in the Justice League, and it all came, you know, came out like exactly. everyone just gets taken out at once because there's someone who <clears throat> taps into Batman's and plans that's all and starts moody out garbage. Because back in the day, or, you know, Superman gave Batman kryptonite, you know. Yeah. Just in case, sort of like open that and was the deal. Because you have trust with yeah, each other. You're Batman the one I trust. trust that'll t- if I if ever anything happens to me, and, and you know, and I'm not the man I need to be for whatever reason, you're the one I trust to step in. And I hope right. that's because what they end up with in these movies, because this first movie seems like that's the relationship, but it's it's acrimonious. It's like I've got to step in. It's like that's fine because you don't know each other, but that dynamic can't last because the well, whole idea is that you become friends and work together. 
Well, because that's what people like to watch. People like to watch like experts and people do excel at things, you know, and be heroes and stuff. And and yeah, in all the Avengers movies, they fight, but usually the fights are comical for comic reasons. You know, you have Iron Man and Thor going at it. It's all comic. It's all for like comedy in that moment. He's like, he's talking about the drapes and stuff. He's out, just out <laughs> protest or whatever, you know, he's doing all that stuff. And, and it's funny. And eventually they get together and, and, yeah, and they, they, they go together. But that's it. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know. I think that Dark Knight Rises cured me of the Batman mythos <laughs> altogether. It that just needs to be ridiculously dark. Yeah. Is what da- I mean, yeah, because, Dark Knight Rises well, is basically just like, overdosed Why do we need to that? have like a dark Suicide Squad movie to actually see people in the DC Universe team up and have fun together? Because they're going to have fun. <laughs> well, it, it does feel like it's so weird that it, it feels like like this isn't fun this is serious business it's like it's superheroes it doesn't have to be silly necessarily come on now but it's so weird by trying to deny what you are you make yourself so much more ridiculous (laughs) it's true right i'm serious like if a guy like dressed like batman was walking around and just would not could had no sense of humor about himself. It's like if you went to Dragon Con and there's like 50 fat guys dressed as Batman and every one of them just had no ironic sense of what he was doing. They were just they just took it completely seriously. You would think this guy is nuts. But that's what oh, they're doing yeah. with these movies. It's like I'm not saying that it's cosplay to make these movies, but you do have to understand what you're doing. It is a fine balance. You you want it to be serious enough that that the drama is real, and you want people to buy into it. But you can't you can't pretend well, that it, it transcends going, what it is. is. I also, I, I, and there's also levels of this is just a movie. Come on, dudes. Yeah, yeah. I also, but I also exactly. think it does problem... also have to be fun too. I mean, just as a movie, it does. Well, but I also think that I like. The, I mean, the Avengers. I mean, they don't go that extreme, but. All of those people in the Avengers, yeah, they're not bad people and they want to help, but they also have all have their own take on being a hero, right? They're all doing it for separate reasons, some selfish, some not, right? And I think the problem with the DC stuff is like, I mean, especially with Batman, I again, like I've always said, they're trying to make him too much of a hero and they're not making him like this anti-hero. It's like what TV shows used to be scared of. It's like he needs to be like the Don Draper. He needs to be the Walter. He needs to be a psychopath. Because it only, that's the only thing that would explain why a grown man – is so butthurt about his parents being killed. It's like a lot of people get their parents get killed and their kids and they might be positive and they might want to change, but they're not still so moody. Jesus, get over it, dude. I was like, it's not the end of the world. I mean, some people get raped and some people get like, watch their parents. Like there's some people, there's so many more worse situations. And some people like, get raped by their parents. Meh. It's worse yeah, things that could have exactly. happened exactly, which is much weirder and much more damaging sometimes, you know? At least he has a very clear-cut black and white. I need to fight crime. I won't kill people. Done. And other people don't know how to feel about the world and how to exist. And so it's like, get over yourself. Yeah, absolutely fight crime and do that stuff, but like the Dark Knight, we talked about the Dark Knight Rising Stop where he says, I don't want to... I don't want to help the police at all. It's like, why not? Why don't you help them and help yourself? Why are you doing all yeah. this stuff? That, that makes it all sense. about That's you. That's why he's always like, needed, If you're like, not going Robin to give them your technology. Robin plays off that. That's why I like the Robins, because they, they sort of they bring in a bit of like, come on, dude, well, don't take yourself too seriously. And that is kind of why they brought him in. I don't like Robin, you know, but that is exactly what he's there for, is to sort of humanize Batman 
And that's the only in-story excuse for Robin, because otherwise Robin makes no sense in the story. But to think, well, Batman even understands that he needs a humanizing element. He needs someone to keep him I grounded. do like it when it's Batman's son, though. Damien is actually quite an interesting character. I've been watching some of the animated well, tales I- with them, Batman and Damien Wayne, and they're actually some of my favorites. Oh. I'll tell you the best thing ever, and I probably said it before, but they did a thing. You know, Batman dies every now and then for no reason these days, but (laughs) but he was dead for a while, and and uh, Dick Grayson stepped in and became Batman, which I've always thought that's what you should do. That's a fun story. Yeah. And that was when they brought in Damian Wayne. So it was this weird dynamic of just this this crazy kid who's trained to be an assassin. So he's like Bruce Wayne to the millionth degree. They're trying to teach him to be good and not kill people, and he's Robin. <laughs> and you get yeah. Dick Grayson, who's trying to fill the Batman boots. It's like that was, and it was written by Grant Morrison. It's just a really fun dynamic. Well, I think that's. I think Batman also kind of works as a TV show better than a movie, maybe too, because it's like Arrow. I mean, that's what basically they're trying to do, yeah. but it's like it needs a slow burn where you mm-hmm. see that character break down. Well, I think it's because evolve. Batman isn't ever yeah, saving. Absolutely. He's usually not saving the world. He's usually just yeah. trying to save a city. So that works better on a sort of weekly scale than something like the Avengers, where they're a superhero team up squad to save the world right. from something big. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's like you know, we have a nuclear invasions. we have a nuclear bomb on a truck in the city. It's like who cares? He's a detective. What is he going to do against? any of this shit it's like it doesn't matter that's why just i wish they him. would have a batman like tv a, show because that's even, exactly what daredevil does work. that that's what you want you want daredevil like hits that yeah it hits those notes perfectly he's a nice guy and i don't even think they could go even crazier with batman because he's a little more of a sociopath i think he's like a steve jobs kind of character you know he's a little bit of a dick most of the time but i love that's i mean they, the beginning scene of daredevil he talks about you know his family having this rage problem you know and that's what he could they kind of show later on it's like he's such a nice guy but he's got a rage problem and that's neat rage that's what's problem. fun about oh yeah, yeah because you know, that's what they say they they say let the a devil rage. out i was like oh yeah, that's well, nice i like you that. know they could really because you know zach Snyder can sit the there and saying you know oh that's flavor of the week because they have this formula it's like that might be true to a point if daredevil didn't exist because daredevil shows exactly that that's not the case because well, that's not just the same the- formula over again they actually did batman as daredevil it's like wow people they did in this tv show what they should have always done with batman Oh, and then you have the the idea that he doesn't kill people is so much more fascinating because he wants to kill people. And then, like, because Daredevil's already going to hit upon that, where next season they have Punisher, who probably does kill oh, people, I'm sure he does. and then he has oh, a problem with that. He's you so know, fun and to he bring into the pro- mix because you got all these really moral heroes, and then you bring in the Punisher, he's just like, I'm going to shoot everybody. Because he doesn't think there's a line <laughs> like, at all. Worse. Punisher used to shoot people with poison bullets in case he only grazed you. Right. He called and that's him, why, if he had an unpoisoned to... bullet, he called them mercy bullets, and that's what he shot good guys with if they came and, after him. And you can just see that kind of playing out really interesting. Like Arrow tried to do that, but they did it dumb because, like, I kill people. And then you're like, oh, maybe I don't. I should. Because you're just killing people. And he's just basically killing people because it's easier. <laughs> There's no kind of pathos behind it. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I won't because people like yeah, it's girls frowned don't upon like me when I kill people. Apparently. <laughs> These women that's. These women that sleep with me find it offensive, so maybe I won't kill people now. <laughs> there was a great moment in uh, in the Avengers where, in the second Avengers, I was watching it last night, and he was, I was saying status update on the Hulk, and he was like, the bowels of hell howl with the deaths of your. Oh wait, no deaths. Oh, uh, I need to you buy just that movie. A few arms and stuff. 
It's so funny. It's like, uh, uh, Bruce is all like, I didn't kill people, did I? And he's like, no, no, they just um, have very bad gout now. Yeah. They've got big boobs. Well, because that's what it is. All these characters have conflict. and that's and, But that's one of the reasons I actually like their take on Superman. Like that he is he's a good dude, but he's been kind of ingrained with this fear of humanity in a weird way, you know, from his dad and people didn't like that, but, and just a fear of just in general, that's what you fear. You know, if you had a kid and I like that, the, the, you know, the dichotomy of that. And if they, I mean, maybe we're, we're talking ahead of ourselves. Maybe they'll be able to yeah, do that. I'm not trying that. to judge knows? prematurely because I think they, what they have a problem with is marketing because I think they are just communicating what they want to do poorly because if man of steel is, you know, is an indicator of what they're planning to do, then I have faith because they got a dynamic that could really work here with Batman and Superman, you know, with Batman worrying that Superman could get out of control because he's so powerful yeah, like and doesn't seem to have a lot of discipline. Whereas, you know, Superman has reason to fear Batman because he just seems unbalanced. We need to go listen to our, I mean, I really have a feeling that the whole freaking we laid out the plot, <laughs> two years ago because in our review of Man of Steel we basically said you know Bruce Wayne's going to be pissed off and he probably is going to team up with Lex Luthor at the beginning and then they're going to realize that we said all that stuff in our review I think I remember that we need to go mm-hmm. back we have yeah, it on you tape you pretty much said all that stuff <laughs> and, and that's basically what looks like the plot of this movie I was like thank you I was like, that's exactly what we set it up for. And so it could be interesting. We're, we're kind of, I think it's just Zack Snyder talking. It's like, people just don't talk. Just let the movie talk for itself. Just the I things do, they also, release, I like, like all the muted colors. Batman origin story. We know your parents are dead. Just get on with it. Now there's rumors that Doomsday is the oh, bad guy that no. comes in. There's but it's so like, many but things but you hear make It's scary. Zod turned into Doomsday, though. Ugh. That's what they're doing with Zod's body or some weird thing. Lord. I'm not saying it can't work, but why are you- isn't that like blowing all your wife in the beginning? Because then Doomsday, like the ultimate here, like well, almost. I'm kind of glad if you're gonna do that, get Doomsday out of the way because Doomsday's a dumb. And then once you do a Justice League, we'll hit Dark Side and all that stuff, right? That's what you'll hit. Yeah, well, actually, they're talking the- about maybe Brainiac first. I think that would be fun if the first Justice League movie is Brainiac, right? Because I like Brainiac. Yeah, that would It'd be a good one. And then you build because that dark side thing is something you want to build too because that is that's the like ultimate a, villain. That's like an Infinity Wars thing, you know. That's like Infinity Gauntlet, which could thing. be even bigger because it's because they're right. They do have a, a greater scope of their stuff, universe. Right? They do have more of an epic kind of story, but but you can't embrace that alone. It does have to and be they fun. Have- they have a, such a neat opportunity to get so many people on board, and because the 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 Marvel stuff, they're saying they're not going to bring in T. They're especially like they've got even more separated now. The Mar the TV universe of Marvel, because like, like Kevin Feige took over, or he only answers to the head of Disney now. Yeah. He doesn't answer to the the Marvel guy who's in charge of TV. I guess I don't know, but. Just think they could do that infinite crisis kind of stuff and have multiple flashes and they could have the one on the TV show and they could have the arrow on the TV saying. show. That's what I've been saying. I've said you know, that before. That would be amazing. If you said there was a multiverse and that all these inc- – because you could say every oh, DC awesome. movie ever is part of that multiverse. Right. You could like bring Michael in Michael Keaton, Keaton pops up as something. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? That's a bit cray <laughs> That would blow your mind. It's Val Kilmer. You're like, no, no. Yeah, we are old Batman. <laughs> Yeah, I we are Batman. Batman. That would be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we are Batman. Yeah, Clooney comes from Earth Z. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. he's I think the Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew are from the same universe as that one. 
but that would so, be a know. lot of I fun. Mean, and really, all you have to do is is have one scene where they explain there's a multiverse, and you just show these clips from all these other things, and it would be badass. <laughs> I think they're just afraid because they don't know what makes it work. It's like the TV stuff is working pretty well, and they're like, "No, we're gonna keep it separated. We're gonna keep it separated because uh, you know we got a we got a plan." It's like, but maybe you should pay attention to these TV shows because they are a microcosm of what you should be doing in the movies. So what people embrace in the TV shows probably what they're going to want to embrace in the movies, and you're getting universally criticized for being too dark. That's what I don't right. understand. Are you not reading this? This is what everybody says they don't want, and you're determined to do it anyway for what seems like no reason. That's right. Bring Cisco into oh. the movies. He's the best part. Like oh. you, you'd be oh. watching something, and there'll be a crossover. Watching a crossover from Arrow, and Cisco will just like bounce in, and he'll be like, right. "This is all awesome. We shoot arrows, and I'm cool, and I love science, and everything's awesome." Well, be, and like, oh, because the comedy, the comedy grounds it. You have levity in there, and you're like, "Oh, at least it's funny." Just, yeah, you know, they don't like, take themselves too seriously. I mean, because like, honestly, yeah, thinks that they're like the most important person in the world. I mean, two things the that you cannot air, the... do in a movie is a take yourself very seriously and b wear a cape. Right, and that's the thing. Like Arrow and Flash do not have the greatest plots. I mean, most of that stuff dumb. Most of the time, you're watching it like they a soap opera. Dialogue you know. that shit, oh, and, and, and they have some dumb it's, it's, things. Flash it's, does it's, a lot it's, of stupid it's, things, but the, the, just the spirit of it is fun. But but you yeah, but the spirit of it's fun because you love those characters because they have fun and they goof around. And you're like, I like these guys, and I, I don't care. I mean, it's goofy, but it's fun to watch, and that's why yeah. you watch it. I mean, that's why you watch Doctor Who. I mean, that show's not the greatest in the freaking world, but it's, yeah, it's when they're, fun. When they're, it's... In, they're in Flash, and they've got the people who have, the, like, the ice gun, and they're like, I'm going to freeze you. And it's like, oh, gosh, what's going on here? But, you know, it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's just like the comic books The biggest difference between television and movies is that television is built on characters because the stories are so repetitive and formulaic. Like, you're not really watching it for story because week for week, they're going to tell the same story. But you want to see those characters and what they do and what they say and how they act because they're fun and you enjoy them. And that's just a way in which you become a part of their lives is this formula that's been built to show you what's going on with them. But movies are built on scope of story. But you still have to well, have those characters. I, and, but that's why, that's why I said like I like The Walking Dead, The Fear of the Walking Dead. Cause like, oh, I like these people. Like I don't mind that it's dumb for now. And other people have, you know, mileage may vary, but I was like, yeah, that's why I like that show because I, I feel comfortable with those people. And it's the same yeah. thing, but that's what's so funny that Josh, we didn't, they didn't learn from Josh Whedon and James Gunn. It's like, these guys are using the TV formula on in movies. And making like, it the work. Movie, like, yeah, it's so irreverent. Guardians is so silly and dumb. And, but then they can turn on a dime and be so sentimental and it works. You're like, oh God, I love these guys now. And now I actually feel something for them. That that's I mean you know making them endearing. There we you are. We've get solved, to that in an we've hour. solved the mystery, DC. Listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, Hollywood, we know what all of your problems are, and we know all the answers. More talking raccoons. And crawling on the planet's face, some insects called the human race. Lost in time. And lost in space. And meaning. 
Dog Crazy. Dot com.